How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's get into our third live podcast. And so essentially what we're here looking at at the moment is my dream RV. (laughs) Day two on the adventures of the RV lifestyle. No, honestly, though, there's a lot of things we could talk about today. Uh, First off, a big shout out to uh, NFL football. Yay. Well, you know, we have some sports to watch, and so it's great to, to be able to watch football. I personally don't – I'm so confused right now as to a team that I want to support. My old team used to be the Carolina Panthers, um, but when they lost Cam Newton, their quarterback, I, you know, wanted to jump ship, and so I made the decision to jump ship from the team. But one of the teams I could not stand the most is the Patriots, and – so uh, I cannot follow Cam Newton to the Patriots. So peace out, man. Uh, good luck to you over there. But <laughs> I'm not, not going to be a Patriots fan. And um, so I don't know. I'm torn whether I want to be an Oakland fan. I know it would be a great way to uh, represent Las Vegas. And I guess I could be an Oakland fan for a little bit. It was great watching Oakland beat the uh, the Panthers today. Very close game. But, uh, yeah, I'm still up in the air of what team I really want to pick up on. My second team was always the Ravens. Uh, so, like, whenever I would not be ch- uh, cheering for the Panthers, I would be cheering for the Ravens. But I don't know if I want to make the Ravens my, my team yet. Uh, it's just it's it's hard to decide on that. Either way, I love the sport. I love watching the games. Um, I just love being around, you know, obviously I can't be around people watching the game at the moment, but... Um, it's one of my favorite things to do is to, to be around people as they're watching and tuning into the game. But uh, so that's just the, the two cents on on that. But outside of that, though, um, we, of course, have uh, yesterday's podcast. We were talking about um, how I could see myself. I had a friend uh, who asked me on my first live podcast or he didn't ask me on the podcast. He asked me right before I did my live podcast, whether I would be ever purchasing a house because I've always been anti buying a house. And I still don't think I ever would not unless the right deal came about. And I mean, obviously, you know, there are exceptions to all rules, but I think uh, seven times out of 10, I'm more than likely not seeing myself or my family in a house that we bought um, because I, I don't, I don't want to. I don't foresee myself wanting to be locked into an area or thinking about it as well. Like if if you're going into it for investment purposes, I think there's like way better ways to invest your money than to go into real estate. And if I'm buying a property, it's because I'm planning on investing in it. Whereas it'd be a lot easier for me to just take the money I would be saving on on not having a mortgage and and worrying about like repair costs and all of those things. Um, and, and instead, just going ahead and just like renting, having a simple lifestyle after my year lease is over or six-month lease or three-month lease or month-to-month lease, whatever it is that I have, that I could just get up, pack, and leave. But in between all of that, the most ideal way for me to uh, figure out exactly what I would want to do is uh, – or not want, want to do, but essentially – what I would love to do is live out of a a traveling van. And so 
right now we're looking at the 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 vehicle that I built. Um, this is actually, in my honest opinion, the best traveling van exterior look I I have ever seen. Um, and I've been looking around honestly. In America, America really has not that many great choices. In Europe, they have so many choices. It's so unfortunate, but I think for um like this is not even an American brand. It's it's a Canadian brand, but like this is a vehicle I could buy here in the states. But um, this is one of those that I was I was speaking about yesterday, where it's on back order at the moment. When I reached out to a dealership close by yesterday, they were telling me that I would have to put in order today to be able to see the vehicle in a year or a year and a half because they just. Are you know, COVID's been a thing. There's huge demand for these vehicles. And on top of that, it's just, um, it takes a lot of work to, to build out these vehicles because essentially what they're doing, this is uh, the chassis right here. So I'm learning some terminology here. So this, this is a Ford chassis. And so this is normally what you would get. It's just the Ford with the chassis underneath. Um, and then this whole box or the van that you'd be living on essentially is the thing that they custom make and they build out themselves. And I don't know if they're hand making these or what, why it would justify taking a year, year and a half to make uh, one of the, or like if I plan on buying one now, I'd have to wait that long. Um, there could be a lot of different reasons as to, as to why that's the case. But um, anyways, I love the look of this, like the white and black look on this is, it's like great. And, um, there's not like all full black and it makes sense. Like, why would you want your your vehicle to be all black? It's going to be absorbing a ton of heat. So as white as it could possibly be is better. Um, I love just the simplicity to it. Like when you compare this to like some other ones, what's another one that I looked up? Um, man, what is another one that I looked up? Uh, try, I'll look it up in a second. But the, honestly, compared to like, I, unless I wanted to go ahead and buy my own van and customize out the inside of it. But I, like I said in yesterday's podcast, I'm not a handy person. I don't see myself doing it. And if I'm going to be paying someone to to do that for me, yeah, there's, there's one reason why I would do that. And that's really to become more accommodating to our family lifestyle. So like me and my wife and having a little daughter, you know, it would probably be smarter for me to get a van or get the chassis and then have someone custom make this. But I would probably be looking at another hundred grand above this. So for this kind of size and this convenience and everything, I would probably be looking at about two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And I don't think you can finance like this. I can finance. I can go to a dealership and finance the total cost of this vehicle. Um, I don't know if I could do that buying the chassis. I could buy the chassis and finance that, but the actual work that the person would be doing and the custom work. I don't think I'd be able to finance it and I don't think I'd be able to get a bank loan on that because most banks aren't going to finance a little project like that. Not unless you put up a, a lot of collateral and I'm just not willing to put up a, a super big amount of collateral just so I can have a custom made interior. When, when you look at the inside of this, well, 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 <laughs> hello, Sofa. How you doing by the way? Glad you could join us. I'm over here talking about possibly doing an RV lifestyle eventually. Um, <laughs> what's up, baby? Uh, anyways, um, so I was just letting people know that this is the, the the van that I was I was looking at, and 
So it, it seems pretty costly, but when you look at the interior of this vehicle, man, is it a beauty. Actually, uh, I posted this on Facebook yesterday, like the a, a YouTube video, and I guess we can look at some highlights on that YouTube video. And um, funny enough, I was uh, every Sunday I do my RPG session with my friends where we do like a three hours we spend like uh, playing the, uh, a role-playing session, like a rule set called Fake Core, and it's really fun. And I came in a little bit late and I heard them talking about RVs and I was like, what are the odds of them talking about RVs? And I ended up finding out that one of my friends saw my Facebook post and then clicked the link to the video about this vehicle. And he was like, man, that thing is super sweet. And I was like, right, dude, this thing is so nice. And living out of a van, whether it looks this great or not, is still a challenging thing. And and we'll we'll go over a couple articles I found on like, if you can overcome these obstacles then the van life might be something that you can do but um i don't know what that is get out of that and so what i was looking at is all all the leisure van vehicles are built for two people so they're not built for a family they're built for two people and so my idea look i am super simple like I don't need a huge bed. I have a queen size bed, but like when me and my wife, me and my wife like cuddle up next to each other all the time, and we barely we're so small. Like both me and her together, barely take up any of the space on the queen. Literally, you could fit like two other adults in our bed, and it would be we would still probably have space on it if they were as big as us. And so I don't think it's really a downside. And I've slept in and stuff worse than this, and and better than this. But uh, what I what I was looking at to possibly accommodate for my daughter as she becomes old enough and she's having the ability to finally sleep in a bed when that becomes a thing. Um, I was looking at, and this is looking at current models. So this could change. So in the future, when I do plan on pulling the trigger on something like this, I never know this company could come out with a family size vehicle that, or uh, like a family package where they have that accommodation because there's a lot of European brands that have developed their vehicles to be able to accommodate families. Like they have this thing where uh, I saw this like really great one. It's a Kira uh, van best vans for family. Um, no, uh, travel vans, not vans. <laughs> Here we go. Um, dude, this, this is the this right here is what I would have wanted, and it's half the cost. It's so frustrating. This bad boy right here, the Nas Box Life Six Thirty Me. Man, that vehicle was built for me. I lo- I love the vehicle. I love the idea. I would probably change out the look of the inside a little bit, but this vehicle could accommodate a fa- uh, this could accommodate seven people sleep seven people. And the reason why they're able to do that is that you have a bed underneath and then they have an electrical mechanism where there's a top, uh, top bunk that you can lift up to the ceiling if you're not going to use it or you could drop down so that other people could sleep in the vehicle as well. And uh, I think there's like another uh, inside area where like this folds out to like have a, a bed area in the, in the um, uh, galley area. Has a shower, has like has everything that I would be looking at for half the cost. This thing is like $63,000. I think in euros, this converts to $63,000. Super cheap. 
great build, uh, really highly reviewed, um, and it's a it's a great vehicle. The only downside is that you can only get it in Germany or or anywhere in the, or European Union. So it sucks, but uh, so who knows? Maybe this company could pick up a design like this, and in which case, I, I would probably pull the trigger now on something like that. But so here's the layout of, my, of the vehicle I'm looking at at the moment. If they never change it, and you know there is an opportunity that they don't change it. So in the back of the vehicle, so it's 25, 23 feet, or not twenty three feet? It's twenty, yeah, twenty three feet long. Um. You have the, the cabin area, so that's where the driver is. And uh, the driver and the seats rotate, which is awesome. They 360 rotate. Um, I The one vehicle I saw in yesterday's podcast, I talked about how I met a couple that lived out of a van, and they had a nice van like this. They had a Mercedes van, and um, they didn't buy it built, pre-built. They like customized the inside of theirs. But there, I, I got in theirs, and uh, super comfortable with the seating arrangement that they had. Uh, they could rotate the seats. And I tried it out, and it was great. The seats are super comfortable as well. Um, so the seats rotate. You have two more seats in the, in the um, galley area. So you have up to four people that you can see. This table right here you can remove and put in whenever you need to use it. And it folds out too, so I don't know if you can see the crease. So for the people that are just audio listening, so imagine looking at the vehicle from the t- like from above, like if you were looking above down into the vehicle. I'm starting from the right is the 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 front of the vehicle, and to the left is the back of the vehicle. And so from the right, you have the the driver passenger side uh, or driver and passenger. The seats rotate 360. Going behind them, you have two seats that are. Um, perpendicular to each other and they're face or they're like facing each other and then in the center of all of that you can uh fit a table that uh you can remove in and out really nice and the table is able to fold out more so it's it could be bigger if you need be next to uh one of the seats is the kitchen area it's a two two stove top uh kitchen area and the cool thing too is if you're not using this seat that's right next to the kitchen uh, you can essentially drop something down to extend the countertop if you need to use it. And so you have a double stove and it's propane ignited. Then you have a sink with a sink cover on top. So like it's got a countertop, which I think is great. I would I would enjoy having something like this for my actual sink as well. I need to see if I can find something like this for my kitchen right now because it'd be great to kind of just have, you can use it as a cutting board. So cut on that, and then when you're done, you just drop it on like in a pot or whatever you're using to cook. And then uh, like if you need to do wash your dishes after the fact, you could just take that cutting board, rinse it off, put it away for a second, and then like use your sink to, to clean off things. Uh, on the like on the other side where the other seat is that's sitting perpendicular to it, is the entrance of the vehicle. So this is how you would be entering the vehicle right here. When you make this left-hand turn, there's a uh, uh, right when you enter the vehicle, there's a, a refrigerator. And the cool thing about this refrigerator that my wife actually brought up as well is uh, it makes no sense why like other refrigerators aren't built this way. But essentially, uh, you can open a refrigerator from either side, so you can go in from like the the living area and open it facing out to the to the cabin of the the vehicle or like where the driver sits. Or if you're coming in from the driver's side, you can open it from the other side. It has a double hinge system, which is pretty great. And then on top of that, you have a conventional microwave. So you can um, you can treat it like an oven or as a microwave as well. Going in, you have the, the, like in the center of the vehicle, 
So once you go past the refrigerator, and there's a television, by the way, I forgot to mention, above the sink right here. There's a television right here. Going in, um, there's the bathroom and then the shower. And so all of this can fit is six, six feet, five inches is the height um, threshold of this area until you get to the living area. Then it, it shortens to like five feet, three inches, I believe. But, um, and I'll go over the reason why for uh, like why that's the case in just a second. But the bathroom is super great. It's got a toilet. It's got a sink. It's got a whole bunch of area to hold like your, your toiletries and things of that nature. Uh, above the, the bathroom, there's a fan that's built into here. So like if you're doing your biz and it smells and the smell can just come out naturally through the top of the vehicle, which is great across the hall from, from the, the bathroom, you have the shower and the shower again, it's got a high clearance on it. Instant heated water too. That's one of the benefits of these newer, um, leisure vans is that the water is instant. There's like a, a, a device that's on the van that instantly heats the water to whatever temperature you preset it to. So you don't need to wait for the water because remember you can't, you don't, you don't have this hooked up unless you're staying at a campsite or an RV site. You're using the water that you have on the vehicle at the moment. So if you if you don't have any water on there or if you have a 40-gallon tank in here, so which is a good amount of water, um, you know, as long as you're not overdoing it in the shower, that would be my first lifestyle change I would have to do because I tend to enjoy wanting to shower a lot. I could obviously abuse that once I make it to a site that has a water line that I could connect to the, to the van. But until then, I would have to limit like how, just like how long I spend in the shower. But 40 gallons is a lot of water, honestly. Um, going past that, that's when you get to the living area and then you have two twin beds. And so this is the idea that I had was that like on one side, uh, we would have like me and my wife sleeping there and then on the other would be my daughter because she deserves to have her own bed. Um, the cool thing too, is if we wanted to, if we wanted to have like a time to like spend together closer together, you can actually fold something down. And I think it's in this photo, you could, the middle area has kind of got like a little gap to it for the people who are listening audioly wise. Um, and I'll link this vehicle in, in the description of this, uh, podcast, by the way, as well. So people can look into it, but you can drop down the center piece and actually merge the two twin beds together to make them into a, a queen bed if you wanted to do that. So like if we wanted to watch a movie together and have like everyone together, then we could do that. We could put the two beds together and um, then you have countertops all around. And then the cool thing about the twin beds too is that you can essentially lift them up. And when you lift them up inside on the bottom area, and that's why it's um, a little elevated once you get to the living area, there is um, built-in closets underneath the, the like actual like like hanging closets underneath the beds, which is pretty cool. So like on one side could be like all like me and my wife's stuff, and it's a lot of space inside of there. And on the other side could be a lot of my uh, my daughter's stuff. And since she really doesn't have a lot of hanging clothes as well, we could put like uh, on one side like my side would be like some hanging clothes, and on the other side would be my wife's hanging clothes. And then we could like merge like both mine and her clothes like that are folded in one side. And then my daughter could have all the folded like clothes on another side. And all like this above like where the pillows are where you'd be laying your head. There's other like uh, upholsteries and other cabinets that you could put more stuff in as well. There's a lot of space in this vehicle. And so as you can see 
on the side of the vehicle, this on, on the exterior of it, it looks really nice. I mean, for being a Ford vehicle, and actually they upgraded these Fords. So supposedly for a while, the Mercedes was like the go-to, but these newer Fords are actually really great. And and the convenience to them too is that they don't need diesel. They can use gas. And so um, the Fords, the Mercedes is still diesel, but with the Fords, you're able to use gas. So you're not limited to where you can fill up on. So you can fill up the vehicle pretty much anywhere. And um, on the top, you have like your solar panels. Uh, this right here is like your built-in. Um, you have like a, a, a hot spot that you can put on the on the top of the vehicle, and it's a range extender too, so it, it's able to distribute the signal throughout the whole van properly. And um, the inside, this is the inside. This is a great way of just looking at the inside. Look how freaking beautiful this this looks like a bamboo wood like upholstery and it just looks so beautiful like this is the one that i built out so it's going to be a little bit more expensive for the white like these cabinets would normally be uh like wooden looking but i made them so that they're white so they match the interior of the vehicle and i made the seat cushions and everything else white as well and oh my god this is gorgeous honestly and uh, these are like uh, the other features I got. I got an exterior ladder, the the upgraded fans. These fans, they're cool. They have like a rain guard on them. They have a rain sensor. So like if they detect any rain, they'll close up. But you can essentially use these fans instead of using AC if you don't want to run the generator. Um, you have a built-in generator in the vehicle, and, and it runs off the propane that you have. Uh, you have the lithium-ion batteries. Um, these are heated batteries. This is the reason why I would pay for the upgrade on these. So, like, if we went to, like, anywhere where it's cold, these batteries have, have a mechanism where you can actually heat the battery so they don't freeze because cold batteries actually discharge a lot faster than hot batteries. I, You know, you have, like, a little uh, table that you can always use, like a little camp table that you can uh, hook up, and you don't need to... Um, you don't need to buy, like, a separate thing. It just hooks up on the side of the van, for an extra 500 bucks, whatever you're financing into it. Uh, I have no idea what this macerator is. Uh, I'm assuming something to do with sewage. It probably helps like pump out your, your poo and pee a lot easier. So after everything, uh, all these upgrades and, and just the, <laughs> I just love to look at this vehicle. I'm looking at about one forty six five twelve. Um, so about $150,000. Um, I would drop 10% down on that vehicle, including tax. So you would do 10% on above this. So tax in Nevada is, uh, what is it again? Six and a half percent? No, that's Florida. Sales tax in Nevada. Sales tax in Nevada is, what? No, that can't be right. Sales tax, Clark County. That's so crazy. Oh, my God. What? I didn't even know that. So in Nevada, the sales tax is 4.6%, but in the county, they add another 3.78% for a total of 8.38%, so 8.5%. That is so shady there, Clark County. Whatever. We don't pay a state tax anyway, so it doesn't matter. So I would be looking at... So we'll just say 8.5 to make it just easier. So uh, 146, 512 um, by 0. Wait a second. 
1.085. It would come out to um, about $160,000, $158,000. So another 12, looks like 12, yeah, another $13,000. So in sales tax, so I would drop 16 grand as a down payment and that would get it down to 160 to 144 and then registration costs would probably be another i don't know here in nevada it's ridiculous like i could only imagine how much it is for an rv but let's just say throw a stupid number out there let's say another two thousand dollars so all in all total after down payment everything i would be financing 150 grand and i don't know if i did that um um Let's see, 150, 20 years at 5.5%, which I'm pretty sure I can definitely get that interest rate. I would be paying, what? 20 years, what are you doing? 20, (laughs) why is it breaking down to 15, 30? This calculator is really silly. Uh, here's the one I used yesterday. 150, 20 years. I'd be looking at about $1,031. Uh, so let's say 1050 uh, We'll just factor in the registration cost in there. So 1050 That's not bad. I mean, if you're planning on living in something like this. So the guy told me yesterday that whatever you do, do not tell the banks that you're financing this through, that you're going to be planning on living 100%, like make this your primary residence because they will not finance that vehicle. Um, So you have to have another residence and then this would be uh, like a secondary residence. So they, banks look at this as always as a secondary residence, unless you already have a secondary residence and it would be like whatever resident. Um. And that's how that's how they're able to kind of calculate the the interest rates a little bit lower than a traditional car rate, but um, yeah, I mean honestly, I would pay a thousand dollars a month to live in this. Easy, easy, like no questions asked. Let's go. And honestly, if we wanted to, we could make a primary residence. Uh, I don't know. Let's just. Name a really cheap spot where, like, I don't need to live in Las Vegas. I can live somewhere else, have a house somewhere out in, in a rural area that's super nice. And then, you know, seven, seven out of the 10 days or, yeah, a third of the time of the year, we would probably be living in that house. That would be kind of like our area to come, relax, chill, feel safe, be protected from people that have COVID. No, I'm joking, but... um you could get very creative with something like this. And then I would take this and, you know, go and drive all around the West Coast and then sometimes surprise family on the East Coast in Florida. And the only downside to something like this is that uh, there's very limited places that you can park for free overnight. There is places, but those places tend to not be the place that you want to go to. So you might want to go to an RV park and those do have a daily charge rate. And that can range anywhere as high as $60 that I saw in Santa Barbara because I did entertain it. Um, I was just curious. I was like, you know, how much would it be instead of renting out in Santa Barbara, instead like going out there and just uh, like 
taking this RV and just living out in Santa Barbara for X amount of time. And you can't do it. It's just $60 a day. And, but that does include your water. That, that actually includes a lot of stuff. So you're not really paying for any utilities technically. So you're saving your money on utilities. Um, includes internet, includes a lot of stuff. And so, you know, over the course of a month, if I did stay, let's say hypothetically, we stayed in Santa Barbara, that's like another thousand dollars. I think I did the math. That was just up here a second ago. Yeah. So that's actually $1,800. JK. Um, but again, that's if I stayed there all the time and that's not the plan. The plan would be to like make stops along the way. And so we could stop by Santa Barbara for like, you know, a week, cough up the 420 bucks for that week to, to stay there. And then go somewhere else where it's probably a little bit cheaper. Or if we wanted to get super creative, what we could do is we can get a hitch because you can't tow this thing. And I actually uh, built it with the off-road package on the vehicle as well. So I have that extra power in it or all-wheel drive, sorry. And it could tow up to 5,000 pounds. And so I could put, you know, a, a good size thing behind it. Um, we could probably put like a, a nice... Uh, travel vehicle that allows us to like go from this thing to like inside of a city. So we, I could park this somewhere else technically. So, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of options we could do and we could get super creative with it. Um, we don't have to go to Santa Barbara. That's just like the, the uh, hypothetically, but on average it's, it's about 30 bucks for your, your tr- like average area. You're going to be paying 30 bucks a day, which is, I mean, honestly, it's not that bad. Again, like I said, it includes all your amenities um, and all your utilities and everything the, and this vehicle, like I said, I can live out of this vehicle. There is downsides of course. And so, um, I guess we can look over some of those downsides right now. So someone wrote this article a few years back is van life for you. Nine questions that will help you decide. Now, this is from a perspective of someone that's not going to be living in a vehicle like this. <laughs> they're, they're living in a vehicle that they, they, uh, bought cheap and they, they custom built to fit their needs, but, a lot of, you know, they put a lot of their heart into the vehicle, but not to the degree that this vehicle has. Like, as you can see in these images, you can see that this person, wooden grain, uh, just like a, it's pretty much just a bed and the vehicle that they're driving in. There's not really any walking space and it's pretty small of a van, it looks like. Um, or actually, no, there's walking area. They have cabinetry, excuse me. But I don't know if they could shower out of something like this. It doesn't look like this has a built-in shower. No, it doesn't. Um... So we'll start from the top. Am I a homebody? So essentially, am I? Do I feel comfort being in a home, or can do I feel comfortable moving around and, and constantly moving? And my my response to that is yes. I think it would be a little bit more difficult for my wife, but uh, she's very adventurous as well. So she would be very conflicted. I, I know for a fact she would love the security of having a place that she can always go to. And my daughter is just. She's just going to be just joining along and, and enjoying whatever is happening at the moment. But uh, for my wife, it's going to be a little bit difficult. And I, I know for a fact, like initially, it's going to be new to her. It's going to be new to me as well. But I'm very comfortable with new experiences and just giving things a try. And I, like I told my wife as well, like, honestly, let's say this doesn't work out and we can't live out of a, uh, of a vehicle. There's two options we have. Either one, we can sell the vehicle and they tend to retain their value as long as you don't destroy the vehicle. Or two, we uh, were doing well in life at that point. I'm assuming I am if I'm going to be making this kind of transition. And so, 
you know, having a thousand dollar expense of like a vehicle that I can take out whenever I want, but we still have a house and we could take this like, um, you know, camping trips and things of that nature, then that's cool too. You know, whatever, if anything, it's less maintenance work on this vehicle. But so that's one, two is like how comfortable this person was talking about, like how comfortable are you with hygiene? I don't think I'm going to have the problem with this vehicle. It really has all the accommodations I would need. So I'm going to really skip over that one. Um, do I tend to wear the same clothes repeatedly? Look, I'm not going to lie to you guys. And I, I think for a lot of you that are going to be watching the live podcast as well, um, just go through the, through the course of the week. I am very simple about my attire and like my clothes. Honestly, I the only reason I would dress nice is if I have to. But since I'm in the house... I, I like, I don't really care. I'll just throw on like whatever, like after doing laundry. And so I'm wearing the same stuff. I do laundry and like, I do laundry play every like four to five days. And cause I, I don't like having like a big load of clothes. So I recently we've been kind of getting lax on that. And so I've been doing it kind of like weekly, but I really don't enjoy it doing that way. Um, so essentially what I would do is wear pretty much what the, the clothes I wore last week. And I really don't care. And some people might judge, but I mean, like, honestly, if the clothes are clean, who cares if you're washing it and I have a good washer in this house and, you know, I'm using good detergent and everything. I mean, you wouldn't even know now that the, the material starts, like if it's not a nice quality outfit, then it's going to deteriorate. But you know, those ones that aren't that nice are really cheap anyways, like H and M H and M does deteriorate after a while from washing it a lot. And, but the thing about H&M is that it's so cheap. You could get another like shirt like this, for instance, like a V-neck for, I mean, 10, 15 bucks for H&M shirt. So, which is great. And so, yeah, I honestly, and this person's photo, they have a lot of clothes <laughs> that like they would be using and that's great. And I, for, for sure, don't mind this many clothes. Like they have a lot of clothes. This is like, I don't know if this is the, the, the girlfriend or, or I don't know if it's husband or wife or whatever, but I don't know if it's a female in this category or like, it looks like this is like the females and, and the guys like drawers and they got like some of their bigger, thicker stuff like in a cabinet. But this vehicle has a lot of storage space, a ton, a ton of storage space. Uh, like all of this, all the top areas, like outside of the bathroom have their own storage area. And then, like I said, there's a closet, uh, like a full on closet, hanging closet underneath both of the beds. And then you have like a, just a whole bunch of storage everywhere on the vehicle. So, um, honestly, no, I don't, I don't even think clothes is going to really be an issue. Uh, making money. I already talked about that in yesterday's podcast. So ideally what happens is in my industry that I'm working in, the, I'm going to be working the first few years to develop um, a, a book of business. Not a book of business, excuse me. I'm going to spend the next few years working hard to develop a, a, a clientele list. And when people sign up for Medicare services, the great thing is I get paid uh, initial commission on that. And then I get paid residuals for every month that they maintain their policies. And for a lot of people, this this policy that they have is very important to them. And so they really aren't going to make a lot of changes, especially in the demographic of people that um, that buy Medi- Medicare, so they're a lot older. Uh, you can't, they don't go shopping shopping a lot. And even if they did, they would go through me anyway. So I'm, I'm still always going to be making money. And so the cool thing is, and then I talked about this in my Las Vegas podcast as well when I was talking about the city of Las Vegas, and I spent a week talking about it. 
there's still a lot of ways for me to make money out here in Las Vegas. Eventually, when the pandemic ends, that all that stuff comes back as well. So there are many different ways I can make money virtually, which is great. And I'm glad that I, I've had the opportunity to learn those things because I don't need to be situated in one area to work. Do I make more money being in those areas? Yeah, of course. Like I would probably be taking whatever I would make on average per year and taking and losing about 30% of that. But as long as that I can do that comfortably. And so the way I calculated it, so our first year of Medicare sales rep uh, or licensed agent, excuse me, licensed insurance agent, their, um, their annual pay rate is anywhere between forty to $60,000. Um, it could be more than that. You could have a really great year, but 40 to 60 is something good to aim for. Your second year goes up about like every year after that. If you do your work right, you, you can jump it up like another 20 grand. And, um, so they say as early as your third year doing this industry, you could easily make six figure income and, and go up from there. And then the great thing is that as every year you're doing this, you're developing more and more residual. And so, a lot of that residual builds up and it's a, it's a considerable amount of money. And so, um, the, the, the great thing is at like literally in three to four years, this would be an easy lifestyle to have because I, the busy time of the year would be the, the, the last three months of the year and the first three months of the year. And then in between there, it's really a stagnant time period where you can work and, and make money, but it's not the busiest time period. And that's the summer, funny enough. So the summer would actually be a great time. It's like the winter. I, this is one of the reasons why I enjoy like my the industry I'm working in. Because I would rather work the winters. Like I would rather work the winters and have off during the summers here in North America. Because like if you're living in the Southern Hemisphere, then it's complete opposite. But for us, the way it works, and well, Medicare is not offered anywhere, but in the U.S. anyways. But so it, it just works out perfect for me, this industry. It is so awesome to do it. And then if I have a great first year, my wife is going to be doing this with me. And so essentially we're both doing it. And so we work together and, and we can get, because a lot of the people that I work with, uh, there's a big team of us now. There's about 30 of us here in Las Vegas. And ha- uh, almost half of them are either husband, wives, mom and sons. It's really great, the dynamics of this this company. And so... um. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not uh, uncommon for, for people to do that. And we're not selling anything, which is great. We're just more informative. We're giving people information and helping understand, uh, understand the, what they need out of a policy and pointing them towards the, the right policy that fits their needs. And we just get paid for that, which is pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, so like after a, a third year, realistically, if I do my job right and I work hard enough these next few couple years or few years then um, essentially with the residuals and uh, what I would more than likely do is during the busy time period, if I wanted to, I could always come back to Las Vegas. Uh, the cool thing about Las Vegas too is in certain areas, you could do short, very short-term leases, like one month, two month, three month leases. Um, and I have enough of a relationship with a lot of friends out here that I could easily find that. Or if I need to live in an RV area, and I know Las Vegas has a ton of RV areas too. So I could come out here, live out here in Las Vegas for a little bit and, and you know, work during the busy time period or choose not to. Um, and like I said, just take that 30% cut and, and what my expected pay will probably be. 
But if you're making, I mean, that's still 70 grand a year just for me. And that's not even including if my wife gets involved in it and is as, is as successful as I am. And I'm assuming she is as well because there's only a few Spanish speakers on our team. And we have a ton of leads that speak Spanish, which is great. And so um, it, it's, it's a, a great opportunity for anyone that's really struggling at the moment and looking for something to get into. It's really a, a great job profession to 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 get into as long as you find the right company and, and the company I'm working for is phenomenal. They have a uh, just super high, highly rated company. I mean, just, we could pull it up on this live stream right now. Um, I mean, look at that out of 724 reviews out here in Las Vegas, 4.9 out of five. And so it's, it's the company is great. Honestly, I, I love, all the staff, everyone's super helpful, super understanding of the situation I'm in. Like a lot of these agents are going out in the field and like, you know, meeting people out in the field. But like I told them that right now during the pandemic, I'm really trying to stay indoors as best as I can. And they were like, that's completely understandable. You could do it. It's going to be a little bit harder for you, but you know, we'll help, help educate you on that stuff and, and, you know, go from there. And I was like, well, that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm technically my own my own boss. I work whenever I want to work, and uh, essentially, yeah, it, it, you know, I make my own schedule. And then I have uh, they're not really my boss; they're just resources. I, I, I'm so used to calling people bosses, but they're not my boss; they're just resources um, that I can use to really assist me with with what I need to do. They they help guide me as well, making making sure that I'm fitting compliance and 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 well informed and which is great, but the, the great thing is I'm doing my own thing. But anyways, I, I, I got to talking about this because it's one of the things they were talking about is you know, being creative about how you make money. I don't think that's going to be a struggle for me uh, when I eventually do plan on jumping onto this kind of lifestyle. So we'll skip to the next part. Uh, am I an impulse shopper? Yes, I am. But at the same time, when I was living out in Colombia, I wasn't really as well. And so I understand, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the the capabilities of the things that I'm in. Like for instance, in this vehicle, it can hold up to 1800 pounds in the vehicle. When you're driving, it can tow five, but on the vehicle, it can hold up to 1800 pounds. I don't, I wouldn't be planning on bringing half of that amount of weight, but there's also not an infinite amount of space in it as well. It is still a limited amount of space in this vehicle. And so I would have to work around not bringing a whole bunch of stuff. Like I couldn't bring this whole setup. I could bring my roadcaster, which is great. I could bring this laptop. I can't bring like something like this big computer. I would probably have to live, leave that somewhere like at another residence, maybe leave it at my parents' place or sell it, you know, one or the other. Actually, you know what? That's a lie, actually. I could probably bring that. Uh, look at me already trying to justify bringing this stuff. Uh, I could probably bring it, though. The only reason I wouldn't, though, is that it consumes a lot of power. And... These vehicles have so much power that they can output on the generator. And so you don't want to overload that anyways. So, um, yeah, next one. So I would be able to work around that. A pets. So I currently don't have a pet at the moment. And uh, the reason why was um, initially when we were having our daughter, we were really planning on having a pet. We wanted to do a little bit more research on having a pet and, uh, you know, around a little one. 
And I wanted to foster a, a, a dog, and um, we're still up in the air what we want. We told our, ourselves that we wanted our daughter to pick the, the animal, but I kind of want to have a dog already. I feel like it's it's just so after all the research and everything, it's really good to have a dog that's there to during the uh, like the growing up period for your kid. And I really want a corgi. If no one knows what a corgi is, dude, are, <laughs> I love corgis. I think they're super adorable. It, it's either a corgi or a pumpski. But pumpskis have a little bit of health issues sometimes because just they're uh, uh, they're a mix between a husky and a, a pomeranian, and when you mix when you mix something that's big with something small, they tend to have some health issues. Pumpskis are so adorable though; they're like miniature huskies, and I would love to have a pumpski. But honestly, though, I think corgi would be like the cutest thing to have as well. I'll never forget a long time ago I watched a YouTube video of this corgi that jumped off of a dock into the river. And it was just so funny how it jumped off. It like jumped, but it barely went forward at all. And it just like flopped into the water, but it was like all happy. And corgis are like really intelligent uh, dogs. Um, and they're just super adorable. Look at these dogs, dude. Look at a corgi. So I'm probably going to be getting a corgi suit is pretty much what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm just waiting for uh, the ability. A lot of foster places aren't open right now because of the pandemic. Um, and also very limited on the amount of corgis that they carry as well. But I do want a corgi. I don't want to adopt or I don't want to not adopt. I don't want to like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, shoot, uh, do like a breed, like a, a, a go through a breeder. I don't believe in that. There's enough dogs out there that need to find a home. Um, so I would love to foster a, a corgi for sure, but we're just waiting for the right time. I would want to get a corgi puppy, so I'm going to be a little, you know, I don't want to get a, like an older dog. I do want to get a puppy. I, I feel like my daughter really would want to see a little puppy. Um, but anyways, you know, living with a pet, that is something that you need to think about. But I actually found a couple, an older couple. I can't show you their YouTube video. I don't want to like get demonetized or, or I don't, I'm not, not demonetized. I don't even monetize my stuff, but like, I don't want to get like, I don't know what's that called, like where they get, get you a strike for putting like copyrighted people. And I still don't know the laws on that or the rules and regulations on it. I've seen a lot of people like comment on other people's videos, but anyways, uh, you can look them up. Their RV uh, RV lifestyle is their YouTube channel, I think, on YouTube. I'm pretty sure. Yes. So an older couple in uh, this video. Well, we're not going to do that. And you can see that they're they're using the vehicle I'm talking about at the moment. And theirs is actually the 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 twin as well. Uh, they really enjoy their vehicle. There are some downsides on on it. Oh, it's got a, a, a like an awning that comes out of the side of the vehicle too, which is pretty cool. And uh, they were saying that the only downside to the awning on theirs is that like it's not the one that they had before was an automatic awning, so it would come out and it would hold itself. This one comes out. But then it has stands that you have to put into the ground. I don't care about that, honestly. That's uh, I will probably rarely use that unless like I was camping out somewhere. Um, but I think that's like super cool. Yeah, it's this it's awning right here. And like I said, it, that might change in the future when when these vehicles change as well. We're gonna stop looking at that. Um, but anyways, they have a dog. Like their YouTube channel is about them, them two, and they're big. I don't know what kind of dog this is. Um, but they have like a big dog that they they ride around with and and they're doing completely fine and so I don't think it would be a problem 
per se, uh, you would have to make a lot of stops. And so this article was talking about like, you know, what to expect when you do have a dog, like they need space and you go out and, uh, you know, to, to do their, their potty stuff. Cause obviously they can't use the toilet. And so, um, yeah, that's something to think about. Again, I wouldn't know until I might not even do the van life. If I did get a dog, who knows? Maybe I would realize, no, I don't think I can make it work. After COVID, I'm definitely going to go and, and get in, and, and, like walk into these vehicles and, and test them out and see what they're like inside. Um, and if I don't think it, it can work with a pet, I, I'm not going to give up my dog. Like Once I have a dog, dog more important than, than van. That's like my, my perspective. I cannot... Like I, I just love animals so much. Like I was just like I'm gonna work around my my dog and my daughter at that point. So if it doesn't work on the van, then I just want to do it. So that that is something to think about. I do want a dog though. Like I, I want my daughter to have a dog. And so some the so the the only two so far that we've seen is uh what did they bring up was um homebody. Like I said, I think my for my wife it's gonna be a little bit. Uh, eye-opening of an experience to kind of be living on the road. We did, honestly, though, we kind of, we kind of did that when we road trip from Florida to here when we moved out here. We did make stops and we stayed in hotels, but I mean, like, we made that drive and that was a long drive. And I know for a fact my wife would have enjoyed being able to just sleep in our vehicle and just, you know, I, like I, taking a break and just parking on the side of the road and just passing out. And so. I don't know. I think she'd be able to do it. It's just like overall, that would be our entire life forever. I think would be something new to her. And so that would be a little bit difficult. The whole pet thing is something to keep an eye on as well. And to think about hobbies. Another one. This is kind of interesting. They said that you can't uh, like TV binge and, and watch YouTube and stuff like that. And I would disagree especially with, with technology and how it's going. But honestly, I do want to be more outdoorsy anyways. And that's actually one of the reasons why I would want to, to do the van life is because I want to force ourselves to kind of be out in the environment more and more like out on the road and, and, and like making pit stops and like really cool areas and just hanging out for a night or two in those areas. Like that's kind of my idea. And so doing a lot of outdoorsy things and hobbies, I would want to learn as I go and so my lifestyle, I could see changing, and I don't mind that. I've, my hobbies have changed over time. There are some that have always followed me, like gaming has always been a hobby of mine. YouTubing has always been a, a hobby of mine forever now. And so, but I can easily do both of those. I can, like being a tech person, I know I can work around that. Now, will, do, will there be areas where I'm not going to be able to do that? Yeah, but in those areas, I'm probably going to want to be like doing outdoor stuff. So I'm not going to want to do the technology thing. So I don't really care about that. The other one was like, do you like meeting new people? Uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> when I would be planning on doing this would be after post COVID. Hopefully that's a thing. That's a, hopefully that's a reality in our future. If not, then this would be something to think about, but do I like meeting new people? Yes. The answer is yes. I, I enjoy meeting new people and I don't have a problem with it. And, um, I'm totally down. And then the type of people doing this kind of lifestyle, I've met plenty of people like this before, especially. And what am I talking? Like I've personally gone through an experience like this before. Like I did the backpacker lifestyle for a little bit and lived a simple life. When I, when I first moved to Colombia, we lived in the backpacker capital of, of Colombia, which is Santa Marta. And I tried it for a bit because I would bump into people all the time that they were going to hostels and 
you know, they were go to campsites and that's what they would do. And it was really awesome doing that lifestyle. It was kind of like hippie ish, but I enjoyed it. And the people I met were some of the most interesting people I've met ever, ever in my life. And they've gone off to do, by the way, by the way. So I have some homeschooling stuff in here, by the way. And it's, I was going to segue into that. Um, like the van life obviously is going to put us in a, in a perspective of homeschooling. I was planning on doing that anyways, whether I lived in a house, apartment, condo, a van, wherever. I was planning on homeschooling my daughter. But actually a realization that just hit me right now, a lot of the people that I've met that were those backpackers, those hippies, right, are doing phenomenal in life. Like almost every one of them that I'm following are like executives for big companies. They're entrepreneurs. They have their own businesses now. And like they're everywhere, Germany, Australia, and like all the time that I've met these people, all of them, I'm literally so impressed. Every time, every single time I see like a post from them on Facebook, I'm really curious. I don't really engage with them too much, uh, but I met a ton of people. Like, I mean, I'm talking about well over 150 people um, on my Facebook are probably backpackers that I met while I was doing the whole Santa Martha thing for for six months or five months. Um, and almost all of them that I'm watching are like, all doing super well with themselves and I'll occasionally just out of curiosity, just check their profile and I just see just how, how well they're doing and just how they're kind of continuing that lifestyle as well, which I think is super great. They're still kind of backpacking. Uh, they're still doing managing their own business, but whenever they get a free chance and they can, they also go back into it. And and that's something that my wife uh, wanted to do. She didn't have a chance of doing uh, that's partly my fault as well because I was so fixated in, in being back in the States and, and trying to generate wealth for us and things of that nature. There is a side of me that that's another regret I guess I could talk about is that we didn't do that and that would bring me towards doing this van life so I can expose that to my wife because I know she's always wanted to do something like this. It would be an eye-opening experience for her but I know for a fact she would enjoy it and I've introduced her to it sometimes because I to this day when I travel, I don't stay in hotels anymore. I stay in hostels all the time, whether I'm traveling domestically or, or, and it's not nothing to do with the money. Like, I mean, hotels are super convenient and I enjoy hotels, but hostels are just awesome because you just meet some of the most interesting people ever. And my wife has already done hostel stays with us, with me twice. We did it once at Cartagena and it was cool. We lived on an island in Cartagena. So we had to take a ferry back and forth because my parents, uh, they, uh, we were celebrating new year's in Cartagena and my family flew out with a whole bunch of their friends and, um, they have, they, they do well for themselves to retire. So they booked out an entire hotel to themselves, not a hotel. It was like an old building hotel kind of thing, but it had like, um, 10, 15 rooms to it, but it was like a nice, nice place. And, and downtown Cartagena, which is very expensive. And my family booked it out and, you know, I wasn't willing to, at that time, spend money doing that. I know my family probably would have offered and I didn't want to do that. And I, again, wanted to do a hostile lifestyle. And so me and my wife found one that was like super cool. It was on an island and man, it was an adventure. Just, I remember the first day we, we got to this island, we couldn't even figure out how to get on the island. Um, but you had to take a private ferry boat between like every single night and every morning you would get on the island and uh, you would stay in tents, which was super cool. And then, you know, they would have like amenities like where you would shower and everything of that nature. The food was, oh, my God, the food was perfect. And uh, we would come back 
And so I would come in, visit my family, and we would like when we were done with our day, we'd get on a boat and go out and stay on the island, and it was super fun. And then the second one we did was in D.C. Uh, we did a D.C. stay, and I took her to a hostel, and actually, that was super fun as well. I met so many interesting people. My wife got to uh, meet a whole bunch of people where she could interact and speak, you know, her language, and um, it it was just super new to her. But I, you know. After doing it twice, I know for a fact she like enjoyed it a lot. So, you know, I compare like living in a van kind of like if you could do a hostile lifestyle, you could probably do van life. You're just you're in control of the driving and everything of that nature. So I, you know, the meeting people for sure. And I would be glad to meet people doing this kind of lifestyle because I, I feel like they're kind of sitting in the same perspective that I am and in a lot of different areas. And so I would love to meet those type of people. Um, am I, I, so this is, this is the third one again, leading on my wife, uh, you know, again, I like we're polar opposites. I'm super lax, not like no agenda, no plans. I don't really plan anything out. And so this, the ninth point was, are you uncomfortable with uncertainty? I am like, I tend to be a problem solver. I like when I, excuse me, I don't like when problems happen, but like if a problem does happen, I, I enjoy how I'm able to come up with solutions to those problems. And I know what this is probably addressing. It's like, you know, if a tire blows out, if something stops working in your vehicle, what can you do? And I actually spoke with someone when I spoke about this vehicle and I reached out to the dealer, not the, I don't know if it's called a dealership, but the RV location that I reached out to that carried this vehicle and was a licensed carrier of the leisure vans. Um, the guy was telling me, you know, like the vehicle, there's pretty much almost everywhere in the U.S. you can get this vehicle worked on. Uh, the thing is obviously getting it there, but if I got a good enough insurance policy and roadside assistance on it, I could probably get it to where it needs to go, clearly. I mean, obviously vans are going to break down, but if you buy it new, it's going to have a warranty on it as well. That warranty will diminish, obviously, when you drive it, you know, X amount of miles, but it's got like your traditional vehicle warranty, uh, 10 year, hundred thousand or like, it's like a 10 year warranty on everything inside the cabin, three year, 36,000 mile warranty on the transmission on the vehicle. And honestly, I, I wouldn't see myself driving that much. Like I'm going to be making drives here and there, but 36,000 miles in a year is, is a considerable amount of, of time. So, you know, the general maintenance too, the guy was telling me like, you know, the, a lot of the maintenance stuff you could just take to a Ford dealership and they can work on these vehicles. Um, so I'm not worried about that. And then, uh, you know, if that's the case, then I can book out. I wouldn't do a hostel stay with my daughter. That would be a little bit too much. Uh, like when she's a teenager, we could probably do that. So I would be staying in a hotel or an Airbnb. But um, yeah, like if the vehicle needed to get worked on for a bit, my idea would just be, look, we're saving a ton of money living in this kind of lifestyle. I mean, let's just stay in a hotel for a few days. Let's just treat ourselves out for a little bit let the vehicle be in the shop. And then when it's done being worked on, like let's say it's even a week or so, then whatever, we could just work it out and figure it out. Um, the vehicle breaking down in the middle of nowhere. Now that would be kind of interesting. That would be um, something to worry about. But if I was making that kind of a trip, I would probably do it when I know there's going to be other people there as well. I might like after meeting some people be like, Oh, you guys are planning on doing that. Like, let's go together. Because, like, I don't see myself going out in the middle of nowhere by by ourselves. Like, I don't even think I would be comfortable doing something like that. 
So if something did happen, you know, we'd be fine. Cell phone service works everywhere pretty much. There are certain areas that it doesn't, but I, I feel like as technology is improving, the, the coverage areas are starting to overlap. And if I really wanted to be antsy about it and be super protective, you can get satellite phones and uh, you can only, you get charged for only when you're using them. And so I could do that too. Um, but that is something that, you know, the uh, being uncomfortable with uncertainty is definitely something to, to, to think about. And I, again, I think it would impact my wife a little bit more so than me, but it, it would it would impact me as well. And so um it was a, a well written article though. Um brought up a lot of good a lot of good points and things to think about. Uh washing the clothes, by the way, found out the R V parks, a lot of them have like laundromats where you can wash your clothes, which is pretty cool, actually. So uh that addresses that question I had yesterday in yesterday's podcast. But anyways, Segwaying to homeschooling, uh, I was just curious to see, and and this I'll end this podcast on this note as well. I don't want it to to be too long of a podcast, but um, I was very curious to see what the 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 disadvantages of homeschooling are. And uh, I found this article. Uh, this is an article I found. This is actually an actual study. This one's talking about, um, this is like a scientific study by um, a government agency, nmu.edu. So it's a, 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 it's a university out of Michigan, I think. Is it? Let me just see. Um, Northern Michigan University. Okay, yeah. So Northern Michigan University did a study, I guess, on homeschooled kids versus public schooled. And I feel like a lot of these these opinions are based off of kids that have special needs that need to be homeschooled versus uh, public schooled. And, I, you know, I could definitely understand, like, why parents are, are forced into perspective that they have to care for their kids that they have uh, special needs. That's not our case, so I'm not going to go over that. But it is something to think about for sure. I found this other website, though. It's, it's from a website called Public School Review. And so I'm assuming they're... Well, going to be a little bit biased towards public schools, but they, you know, they were pretty objective. They talked about the benefits of homeschooling compared to, to, um, so they went over pros and cons over it, but I don't think like with the, with the actual homeschooling part, a lot of the points that they brought up are things that I wouldn't really stress out about. So here are some of the, um, what are the cons? Okay, so some of the cons are like as parents, you have to choose your curriculum for your kid uh, to meet state standards, which I don't mind. Like, I, I feel like I would make a pretty good curriculum for my daughter. And so I'll, I'll skip that one. Another one is that um, sometimes it's very difficult for, for parents to, to, to navigate both being a teacher and being a parent at the same time. I don't really think I'm going to have that issue because I'm always going to, I always foresee myself as being a mentor and teacher to my daughter. Not, uh, that's the way I'm going to raise her. And so I don't really think it's going to change that dynamic. I, I Maybe if you're a parent that doesn't have that kind of relationship with your kid, then again, I could see how that affects them. And I talked about this in my homeschooling podcast, like how I feel like a lot of people that are struggling with homeschooling, it's because of the fact that they just don't have that kind of relationship with their kid. In a sense, like where they're very comfortable spending all the time with their kid because they feel like half the time the kid's already in school, the other half, they're not really spending time with you either as a parent. They're kind of doing their own thing. So the time that you do spend with your kid is very minimal. And so I feel like from that perspective, yeah, it could be very challenging 
the navigating the space of being a teacher and a parent. But I think if you're always going through your, your, your upbringing or the way you're raising your, your child that way, I don't think that's going to be a problem. So I'm going to skip that. The other one they brought up was um, the social aspect. And actually, it was funny when I read a lot of comments in this article, a lot of comments from people that actually homeschooled their kids. One of them actually was from someone that wrote a pretty good article or a comment. This was three months ago. This person wrote, as a homeschool uh, parent for 14 years, there are elements of the article that do not resonate with me. In my sphere of homeschooling parents, every one of the mothers have at least a graduate degree. Therefore, they are not only educated, but disciplined, and that is passed on to their children, which I think is great. I, I, I'm, I don't have a graduate degree, but the way I pulled myself with learning and things of that nature, you know, I would consider myself to have some level of degree of, of, of the ability to educate. I've educated adults. I did a lot of consulting work and a lot of um, that requires a lot of the, learning the ability to educate people based off of their needs and, and kind of like their way of handling things and everyone is very unique and different. That was in part due like teach helping people reinforce communication skills, but you could just use that ability to teach and apply it to almost anything. As long as you're an expert in those fields. Uh, I don't think I'd be an expert in everything in the curriculum as well, but I'm willing to learn. I want to learn. And so I'd be learning these things ahead of time before I would teach them to my daughter and I would point her to the right resources as well. So it's not going to be biased. I feel like a lot of the things well, uh, there'll be some bias in the sense that it'll be biased towards like what her interests are, what I think uh, will be helpful interests for her to develop and then her mom as well getting involved with that too. So there will be some biases, but the resources that she's going to be getting her information from, I, I'm going to make sure as best as I can to make sure that they are not biased, that there are as close to facts as possible with, you know, with information and, 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 uh, charts and, and, and numbers and, and statistics and all of that stuff. That's what I'm going to do. And historical uh, references as well. Yeah, you know, we'll follow as best as we can and make sure that the works aren't biased in any way because I, I don't want to be that parent that's really forcing their kid to just be a mini version of themselves. I don't want that for my daughter. I think my daughter is going to be a phenomenal person if she takes a lot of like her mom and dad because we are very polar opposites in almost everything. My, my wife is religious. I'm not religious. My wife is more conservative. I'm more liberal on things. Um, uh, my wife is more creative. I'm more analytical. I'm more like math, science, uh, and history. My wife is more creative with arts and music. Um, our diets are different. She eats a lot less than I do. I'm, I'm the fat one, and, and she's the, the skinny one. Um she loves like uh, nature, yoga stuff. And I've grown to slowly grow into that. So that's like one of the aspects where, you know, part of us is uh, like merging into the other person. But uh, that originally wasn't me. And so a lot of things, like a lot of aspects of ourselves were very different. Um, you know, my wife speaks multiple languages. I do not. Um, so if my daughter can learn to grow from both what we, both things that we excel in, she hits everything. She's my wife's not a talker. I'm the talker. So if my daughter can learn to, to navigate being a good conversationalist, that's good at analytics, creativity and everything that would be, make her uh, uh, a force to be reckoned with. And so um, that's why I would not want to get biases involved because I don't want her to lean on one side. I want her to absorb as much as she can from both her parents. 
And so we're in a good position for that for, for our child. But anyways, um, contrary to familiar, so this continuing on with what this person wrote as a comment to this article t- comparing homeschooling to public schooling. And again, I don't have an issue with public schooling. I grew up in public schools. I, I, I feel like I did well. But again, I, I saw the negatives to public schooling. And do I feel like I would be more advanced as an individual if I were homeschooled and if I had that upbringing? I think so for me because that's kind of my interest is that I love learning. And so I felt like if I had more tailored education and I wasn't waiting on my classmates or my teacher on 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 schoolwork and I could, you know, progress as fast as I wanted to be, um, I think I would have excelled in homeschooling. I would have loved it and I would have I would have absorbed a ton of information. As you're younger, your ability to absorb and retain information is a lot better than as you get older. It's just a proven fact. Um, but anyways, contrary to familiar belief, our, um, homeschoolers are well socialized. I 100% agree with this person. I think if you're homeschooling your kid and you're being a very protective parent and not allowing them to do extracurricular activities and not involving them in other things and like things with adults and the things with kids, then yeah, they might grow up to be not well socialized. But I feel like a lot of the homeschooled kids and adults that I've met in my life are doing well for themselves. Um, anyways, I have not encountered a homeschool student with whom I cannot hold an intelligent conversation um, my son is a second year college student and he met a number of professors in his first year of college by simply greeting them and engaging them in conversation. My kids have encountered more challenges trying to engage in meaningful conversations with their public school peers. Also the homeschool students I know all play a musical instrument. That's another thing too. This article brought up that in public schools, kids are exposed to having the ability to try um, um, like musical instruments. I mean, you could easily evolve your kid around that i mean i benefit in the sense that my wife's brother is a musician he plays a million different instruments virtually he could easily teach my daughter um lessons while she's also reinforcing lessons from an an in-person instructor as well because i want my daughter to learn instruments i think that would be super awesome so um no i don't think that would ever be an issue ever with our daughter so i'm going to skip over that um Blah, 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 blah. my kids have encountered more. Uh, also the homeschool students I know all play a musical instrument of some sort and the area we live in is classified as rural which again so the article was talking about how if you live in a rural area it's going to be very hard for you to do the type of homeschooling that you need to do because the type of resources that a kid could have is going to be very limited outside of the public school system and so this person really addressed the whole aspect that you don't have to be in an urban area you could be in a rural area I think we will always live in a suburban area like a mix between rural and, and, and urban um ideally as like as i get older one cannot make generalization generalist i love this end part one cannot make generalizations concerning homeschoolers anymore they are some of the most hardworking, intelligent socialized and respectful students and i wholeheartedly agree this i could tell is coming from a parent that clearly cared about the upbringing of their kid and wanted to make sure that their kid got the, the type of education that they wanted them to have and I can see eye to eye with this person's comment. There's a lot of other people that wrote some pretty uh, silly things. This person just wrote garbage article. I don't think it was a garbage article. I think they t- touched on some things that are things to think about. If you're someone that isn't going to be taking this serious, the whole homeschooling part. But um, 
I'm I'm I've always been prepared for homeschooling. Like I knew from the get go. Like I brought up in that podcast, I would always be homeschooling my daughter. I even knew that before. You know, we we even had our kid. That I knew I would always homeschool whatever kid I was going to have, and so <clears throat> I I feel like I can definitely do that kind of that lifestyle in a van life and help motivate the creativity side from my daughter as well. And again, seeing a lot of these people that I I met during the back like during their backpacking adventures through South America and making those pit stops in Colombia before they would go anywhere else. They're not only some of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life, but they're also some of the most successful people I've met too. And so I feel like if you're not allowing yourself to be stuck in one area, you're going to work out a lot of, uh, a lot of your personal health and your mental health as well. And I think there's a lot of benefits to it. And so that's one of the reasons why I would love to do this lifestyle. This whole stigma that it's only for hippies, I don't really enjoy. And I hope it eventually changes. And I hope that more and more people that are doing like the lifestyle out of vehicles like this can show people like, I know some people aren't comfortable. Like I would probably be even comfortable living out of a van like this. I don't think a lot of people would be. I feel like I could do it. Um, but I, I still would enjoy having the convenience of knowing that the vehicle I'm in doesn't really need a lot of work, a lot of maintenance. I've never been the type of person that has like their own mechanic. I normally would take things to a dealership. Um, so, and since it's a vehicle, I kind of see that perspective in these things as well. Um, but, you know, and I, I just, I feel like this would be more comfortable for everyone, for my wife, for me, for, for our, our way that we're viewing our lifestyle in it. The only downside to this is that it is a eye catcher. This could increase the odds of someone wanting to, to vandalize, uh, or, or, you know, even steal or do something of that nature. So knowing me, I would probably equip this with some security features on it and, you know, make sure that we stay safe as well. Um, I'm not going to go into details about that because if any, if any, if you've learned anything about security is that you should never go into, you know, what your capabilities are in the security field, you know, that stuff, you should always keep close to your heart and close to your chest. You never want anyone else outside of just your loved ones, like the people that you, that live with you to know anything. I've learned that a lot from military people like security that just stays up here. No one else needs to know anything about that. You don't ever need to share that with people as well. Cause when you do, it doesn't become a security at that point. It's a vulnerability. Um, there are things I know I would do to this vehicle to, to help create some level of security for us as well. So to address that. So I would have to worry about that because this vehicle is clearly it's expensive and it looks like something that most people would be living out of. And if you're living out of this, it's, it's prone to some, someone doing something stupid. So I'd have to, that's one thing I would have to worry about that this article didn't really talk about. So, um, that would be, I guess, number 10 in that article. But anyways, I just wanted to evolve a little bit more. I wanted to show you guys kind of uh, the vehicle I, I was interested in getting. I'll link it for everyone else. Uh, let me just make sure if I can link this so you guys can see the exact build. I'm going incognito for a second here. Oh, I can. Wow, look at that. So um, the only thing that... No, even... No, everything is... Yeah, that's the right color. Yeah, so I'm going to link the exact build in my podcast uh, for people that aren't watching this on YouTube. So you can see exactly the, the vehicle that I'm playing. Like, oh, wait, the packages aren't there. Or is it? The options are there. No, yeah, they are there. Okay, great. Wow, cool. Um, and so this is the vehicle I'd be looking at, uh, the Leisure Travel Van. 
But I just wanted to, I can't get it out of my mind because I really do, uh, I do get excited about thinking about my, ourselves doing something like this. Um, I'm, I'm having something in the near future. I'm having this Corgi, I'm having a van, or I'm moving somewhere outside of Las Vegas. One of those three things is happening or a mixture of all of those things are, are happening. But uh, until then, I want to thank everyone for tuning into this live podcast. If you're not li- watching it live, thank you for um, you know tuning in on YouTube. Um, again, I need to be better about marketing these things. I haven't been comfortable marketing it yet. Uh, this die is finally disappearing. And so I wanted to kind of get in a way where like I don't uh, feel conscious about like my look and appearance, um, even though it's not really that bad anymore. But um, yeah, anyways... I'm going to start marketing this stuff starting tomorrow. I made it and I told my wife to keep me motivated about doing this as well. So it is something I want to do. And so, and I might entertain trying to do this on other platforms as well. I might try uh, YouTube. So stay tuned. I'll be posting that as well. I don't know if there's any really benefit for me to do that because I haven't developed my YouTube channel yet. Um, But something to think about, but we're a third of the way into the month. And I told myself by the end of September, I need to have a hundred followers or subscribers on my YouTube account. And I'm only halfway there. I'm at 46. So I need to do something about it. So anyways, thank you guys so much for watching this live podcast uh, today. I look forward to the next one. Hopefully I'll have people in so we can get some engagement here. Things that I nature had one friend just drop in real quick and just say, well, 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 <laughs> I don't know what, but uh, Sofa, thank you for coming in and, and just engaging for a second. And to everyone else, thank you guys for tuning into this podcast and I'll catch you guys all manana. Peace.